I want to get rolling this morning and um, excited about what I've got to say. I've kind of been thinking about this moment all week. Um, we're going to con- kind of jump head first into this series on prayer. Um, we've been, for the last three weeks, been kind of setting this up, and um, I think I'm ringing now. Sorry, Tanya. Um, we've been sort of setting this up for the last three weeks. And um, I, I just want to talk a little bit about today, um, I want to kind of set us into what we're going to talk about between now and the end of the year um, when it comes to prayer, and I think some of this could surprise you, especially if you've been in the church for a long time or if you've been around uh, Christian bookstores for a long time, um, and you base all of your theology and your faith on what you see on plaques in Christian bookstores, you're going to have a shock over the next few weeks because we're going to... We're going to kind of uh, challenge some of the things maybe your grandmama told you about prayer um, and some of the things that maybe you've grown up with. And um, what's good news about when it comes to, to these kinds of sermons is this is not my opinion today. This is, uh, I'm reading you straight from the Word of God, so I'm excited about that. But what we've got to do is uh, kind of get our hearts right. I don't know what you brought in here today. I don't know what you believe. Um, as I hug some of you today, um, there's, uh, I can tell there's tension, there's there's heartache, um, and then there's just this sort of, uh, I, I'm here to kind of check something off a list, um, kind of like, I, I owe this to somebody, or I owe it to God, or, um, and I just want to kind of give you a, a deep breath, give you some perspective today, um, because uh, you'll, if, you're not, if you don't, you'll kind of waste the next half hour. So what I'd like to do before we get started, we're going to have just a, a time to kind of be quiet, um, or as quiet as it gets in here, um, to kind of calm your heart. Um, and the ironic thing or the, the, the interesting thing about what we're about to do is we're going to talk about prayer. So if, if during this time, if you can just say, hey, God, if there's something that I'm doing wrong, if there's something that I'm missing when it comes to talking to you, when it comes to prayer, then make that clear today. Okay? And if you just say that during this quiet time, I think he'll do that for you. Let's, let's pray together. God, we do just pause. Whatever we brought into this place, some people right now are just staring at the floor and wondering if you're actually there or maybe pretending that you are. Would you even calm their hearts? For those that are listening online and are kicking the tires trying to decide what they believe about all this stuff, God, would you just kind of give us this deep breath that we're not an emergency, we just we need to understand. We need to get perspective on who we are and what we're doing here. Would you calm our lives so that we can hear from you today? And we'll listen. Amen. So as we get into the series today, um, a pretty interesting topic today um, and a pretty interesting way to get into it. Basically, it starts with the story of Jesus um, talking to, to his disciples. And he, he was kind of, if you don't know much about Jesus' ministry, you've probably heard his name but maybe don't know a lot about what he did. He, he spent a lot of time healing people. He spent a lot of time going around and kind of making religious people mad, truthfully. It was part of his ministry. Um, and so sometimes when I make re- 
church people mad, I think, well, at least I'm doing what Jesus did, you know? Um, part of his ministry was to go, hey, you religious people that think you're doing things the way God wants you to do it just because somebody else did it that way, and now you're not basing it off what God wants, you're just kind of... Jesus would say, no, that's not the what God wants, this is what God wants, and he went, actually went around to the people who were most broken, the people who were farthest from God, the people who seemed to be the most far from what God wanted in life, and he went around and he said, guess what? God is on your side. I know the religious people are telling you that you're going to hell and that God doesn't love you and that you need to behave or God won't love you, or, but you need to know I, I am God and God is on your side, and, and, and it, it created this incredible stir. You can imagine the stir that created among, among religious people because they thought they had a, quarter, a, a corner on God. They thought they, that God was only theirs and, and the religious people, those who acted religious, thought that, that God didn't like the people who didn't act the way they did. And so Jesus came and he made religious people mad and he made the hardest people, the people who seemed the hardest on earth, he made them interested in God. And so this morning I prayed, if you're here today and you're, you're kind of just like, I don't believe what these people believe, I'm here because my mom brought me or my wife brought me or my husband drugged me, or you're listening online because you, you told your mama you would or whatever, you need to know that, that Jesus was most interested in the people that didn't really fit with religion. And it, as he did, he drew these big crowds and he would get into these crowds and it would it would exhaust him physically and spiritually. So he would kind of go off and he would just kind of walk away from the crowd. Sometimes he'd go into a field, sometimes he'd go into the woods, sometimes he'd get on a boat and go out away from people. And at one point, he apparently in this story, he got, he got away but he started to pray and he got close enough to the disciples that they could hear him pray. They could actually hear the words he was saying to God, and they'd seen him pray over and over again. And at one point, finally, one of the disciples, and we, we, there's debate over who that is. There's a couple of different um, options. But the truth is, all of the disciples were feeling this way. This is what the language says. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And the thing is, that it's not that they had never prayed. You know, we teach our kids to pray. You teach your kids to pray, and usually it ends up like hands folded, eyes closed, head bowed, and something that rhymes, usually. You know, that's the way we teach our kids to pray, and there's nothing wrong with teaching your kids that way. But these, all these good, these good guys that are following Jesus, they'd all prayed before. It's not like they'd never prayed. What they noticed is that when Jesus prayed, he prayed differently than they did. And it's almost like the air here is, Jesus, we've been praying our whole lives, but when we listen to you, it's like, we're just not doing it right. <laughs> Like, like there is a right way and a wrong way to pray. And I, I'm gonna, this is where I said I'm going to challenge something that, that maybe you've heard before today when it comes to prayer. To prayer. And I, I, might, I might get you a little angry, and maybe that will just get you paying attention. I need you to hang with me today. But here's the one I'm going to challenge. When I was a kid, I remember hearing that, um, that prayer is just talking to God. And in fact, that's what people would tell me. John, it's real easy to pray. You just talk to God like you're talking to your friend or like you're talking to your mom. But here's the thing. Jesus didn't believe that. Jesus didn't consider prayer to be just a conversation. In fact, the disciples, I think, probably spent their life kind of talking to God. And at one point, they looked at Jesus and they said, when you do it, something different happens. When you do it, it seems different. What is that? I don't know about you, if you've been around here for a while, and I see faces I've seen for nine years, and if you've been around church for a long time, my guess is you probably are pretty proud of the way you pray. You probably figure like, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of like hit that 
that middle stride for how I pray. I, I got a plan, I do it, I kind of do it this way. I, I know some of you do it in your car on the way to work, some of you pray in the shower, some of you pray in different places, and you've kind of got this thing figured out, and you wouldn't say this morning that I need to learn how to pray. But I'd like to challenge you today. And I'd like to ask you, have you ever thought about getting better at praying? Now, if you're, if you're not sure you even believe this stuff, you're going to go, no, I, I kind of pray when when it's kind of last resort, you know, like everything else is, I've tried everything else and it's out, totally out of my control, and then I'm like, hey, if there's something up there, if there's somebody out there, you know, then we have all the words, the, the, the guy upstairs, the big guy, you know, if, if you're up there, God, I'm just going to throw this up, lob it up, Hail Mary for this situation, and, and, but there's a better way, and so here's what happens, we, we come to a place in our life where we start to ask some serious questions about prayer, and what I, what I'm trying to do around here at New Life, and I've been doing this for a long time, and and sometimes it's a lot harder than just preaching, but I'm trying to raise up questions. I mean, what we're trying to do is ask questions. One of the most dangerous things we can do as a church is suppress questions. And so part of my sermon is not just inviting questions, but raising up questions and sometimes not even completely answering them. And one of the questions I've got this morning is, does prayer really matter to you? Does it really work? And I know the Christian answer is to nod your head and say, yes, it does. But there are times where it doesn't. There are times where you pray and pray and pray and pray and nothing happens. Why? What is that? And I, I, I want to raise some questions today. I, I remember the, one of the first times that I realized that I, I needed some real understanding about prayer. I was in Bible college and um, Bible college is great in some ways. It was not a great experience for me. One of the things that it raised up in me was this arrogance for about my sophomore year until I kind of got beat out of me by the church. But my sophomore year in, in college, I thought I had it. You know, I had it figured out. I knew the language. I knew, the, I knew how to talk like a preacher. I knew how to act like a preacher. I knew how to pray like a preacher, especially up in front of people. I could, I could really knock it out. And I'd read books, and then I would memorize little parts of things that sounded good, and I would say them in my prayers, and people would go, oh, man, that guy must be close to God because he can sure string words together to God, you know. And I, I was, got, got really good at that, and then I took a mission trip to Haiti. And I met a guy named Pastor Jay. I still think a lot about Pastor Jay, often. Um, Pastor Jay is the head of a boys' um, uh, orphanage in Haiti. And we went there on a mission trip. My job was not to really take part in the missionary work there. My job was to, as you can imagine if you know me, was to shoot video. I was creating a commentary for this, and I was donating it for my company, and I was going on this mission trip with a camera in my hand to document what Pastor Jay was doing with the thought of creating a promotional tool that churches would pay and whatever. I thought I was going there to help him. In the long run, I realized that's not why I was there at all. I got to Port-au-Prince, and I don't know if you've, if you've heard much about Port-au-Prince or if you've ever been to Haiti, but the airport in Port-au-Prince is one of the most dangerous in the world. This was even before the hurricane um, and, and the, 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 the mess that has, has risen up in Haiti. At that point, um, they're, they're just guys with machine guns when they get off the plane, you know, and that's just not something you see at Chicago O'Hare, you know, and I got off the plane, they're guys with machine guns, and it was crazy, and something happened. I don't know if I ate something in the airport, but something between the airport and the orphanage made my stomach so sick that I became like, it's like I had the flu, but I didn't have the tingly feeling. I just was, something was wrong with my stomach. I think I drank some water. But I got there, and one of the people on our trip said, hey, before we do anything, we need to pray for John, our video guy. We need to pray for him. Something's going on in his stomach. So now, what I'm used to in that case, and, and churches do this all the time, is that you put John in the middle of the room and everybody kind of puts a hand on him and then you say things about John and how much he means to us and then you talk about John and his stomach and how God, if you just heal his stomach and you know what's going on, God. And that's what I was expecting. 
Now, Pastor Jay speaks the language there. He speaks Creole, and he speaks enough English that I can understand a little bit. And he says, John, come here, come here, come here. And he stands up on this porch, and he calls all the boys from the orphanage to me. To, to up to the room, and he says, and he calls them in Creole, so I don't understand what he's saying, I just, they all start gathering, and they come, no shoes, most of them no shirts, um, they have very little food to eat in this place, they have very little security, it is a totally different kind of world, if you've never been out of Indiana, if you've never been out of the United States, you've got to get there, because it will change your perspective on you, and on life, and I, it was, I stood up on this porch, with kids who hadn't eaten really very much, with kids who didn't have shoes on their feet. I'm wearing all of my garb for video, and I'm holding a $10,000 piece of a video equipment, and they're praying for me. And there was this moment of like, what is this? And I thought, okay, now I'm going to sit in a chair, and they're going to put their hands on me, and he's going to say some things, it'll be all over. He just starts going. Pastor Dave just starts praying. And when I, when I say praying, I, I don't want you to think praying like you're used to me praying here or you're used to praying at home. I mean like at the top of his lungs, but it didn't have anything to do with me. And that was really annoying. <laughs> he started the whole thing like you start, like I start. Dear Heavenly Father, and he, he's speaking in English. He's terrible with English. I don't know if he's any better with, with Creole, but he is terrible with English. And he could, he, dear father of the heavenlies, you know, and he just, he just kind of, some of it's for my benefit, he's speaking in English, and then he drops over to Creole, and I can't tell which one starts and where, but I get enough to know that what he's doing for about five minutes is talking about how big God is. How big God is, how, 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 he kept saying things like, monster huge God. Big God, monster, he kept, I, the word monster, he must have heard it in a television commercial, he kept saying it, monster huge God, monster God, monster huge God, and kept talking about it. the sky monster huge God, the trees monster huge God, all this thing, and then he says, real quietly, he comes down and he says, God, same monster huge God, here now, with us, and I thought, finally, he's going to get to me and my stomach, and then you know what he said, God, Whatever is going on next door with the gunshots right now, we pray that you would lead, that you would protect God. Whatever is going on in our nation right now. And he starts talking about the political leaders in Haiti. And I'm, I mean, I'm literally, I, I know I'm not a very, it doesn't look like I'm a very good preacher and a very good Christian at this point, but I'm literally, my eyes are open and I'm looking up going, hey, did anybody forget that I'm the one sick? Did anybody forget here? Hey, who's sitting in the center here, you know? 15 minutes, Pastor Jay. Monster, huge God. Take care of our Haiti. Take care of our country. Monster, huge God. Take care of us. Lead us to what you want. But here's the problem. What I wanted was my stomach to be fixed. And the more he talked, I started to just get mad. And I thought, this guy doesn't know how to pray. And this thing welled up into me. He doesn't speak well. God, how can God understand a guy who doesn't even speak English? That, that welled up in me. You've been there. I know it. I've seen the Facebook posts. And I'm telling you right now, I had a moment in my life standing on the porch in Haiti so sick that I didn't know if I was going to make it through the prayer, if you know what I'm saying. And in a second, just a, just a second, I realized he, he raised his hands up, and when he raised his hands up, the rest of the kids raised their hands up. These skinny little kids that had never had a cheeseburger in their life raised their hands up and said, God, use us. And then they said things in Creole that well, I'm sure were similar. God, use us. Move with us. Whatever you want to do, do it with us. 
And all of a sudden, not a miracle. Let me be real clear. Not a healing from God in my stomach at that moment. My stomach had just as much pain. I felt like I was going to throw up just as much. But all of a sudden, it didn't matter to me like it had. All of a sudden, I realized that monster huge God was the point, and I wasn't. And I realized, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what it means to pray. Because you know what I would have done at that moment? I would have had everybody put their arms or hands on me and said, God, fix John. Now, I would have started with the token, God, you're big, and I'm not. I'd, I'd do that because I'm a good Christian, and that's what we do. But then I would have made it completely about me, and then I would have said, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, and everybody would have gone, mmm. And then we'd walk away, and I don't know, maybe my stomach feels better, maybe it's not, maybe it's part of, but in the end, nothing, let's just be honest. Is something different? Has anything changed? I think you and I need to learn a new way to pray. I think this is what happened to the disciples. I think they saw when Jesus prayed, something different happened. It made their perspective change. It made their life change. Something different happened. See, what Jesus says is that prayer is not just talking to God. It's not just a conversation with God. And I want to be clear about that. Between now and the end of the year, we're going to dig in to what it is to pray. And what I'm hoping today is that you're not going, well, that's not what my grandpa said. It's not what my mom said. Well, that's not my experience because I pray on the way to work every day and I drive and I, I'm not saying that that's not a conversation with God that's not good for you. What I'm saying is that's not the way Jesus prayed and there is something you need to add to the way you talk to God. Here's what Jesus says. He says this. He says, and when you pray, so the disciples are sitting around, now they're listening. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. And this is something that drove Jesus nuts. Don't be like the people who pretend they're close to God, use big words, act like one thing, and then do something else. Hypocrite was actually a term like an actor. It was something you would call a stage actor at that point. For they love to pray standing in the streets, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Now, this is not something we do in our culture very often. I mean, you're not tempted to go out on the street corner in Paragon right there next to the liquor store and go, Oh, Jesus! You know, you don't do that because it makes you crazy. So in our, in our world, we don't do this very often. Although... If you're a church person, man, you're tempted, aren't you? Because what we really love is to end the service with a good, mm. We love to just, in the middle of the service, say something really good. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's not prayer. It's not necessarily a bad thing to stop and remember and thank God. But it's not Jesus' definition of prayer. And if what your life is with God and what your prayer life is with God is just talking to Him, you're missing it. Jesus says this, truly I tell you, they've received their reward in full. By the way, prayer comes with a reward, and it's not what you think. I'm going to tell you in a minute, so hang on there. But I want you to have this, that prayer comes with a reward, real prayer. I'm not talking about the fake kind. I'm not talking about the now I lay me down to sleep kind. I'm talking about real prayer. The way Jesus does it comes with a reward. You'll find that out in a minute. But when you pray, he's going to give you a location. I mean, take notes here. He's going to tell, Jesus is going to tell you exactly where to go when you pray. Now, this is different for you. I mean, this is different from us, and I've heard this a lot. Here's what he says. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room. Now, at this point, the house was the room. There weren't rooms. I mean, you had to be a multi-millionaire equivalent to have a house that had more than one room. Go into your house. Go, go away. Jesus is saying, don't do this in public, and don't do it in your convenience. Look what he says. So go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. 
I know some of you pray on the way, you pray while you're doing something else, all that stuff is good, but you need a point in your life where you say, it's not about efficiency. It's not about me saying, I'm going to do this on the way that I'm doing this so that I can kind of kill two birds with one stone, talk to God while I'm driving, talk to God while I'm brushing my teeth. All those things are good. But what Jesus wants is he says there is a time in your life, there is a place in your walk with God that you need to find to shut the door to your life. That means no turn signals. That means no stopping at traffic. That means no thinking, no engaging your brain about anything but the creator of the universe. When's the last time you did that? When's the last time you went into a place where no one could see you with the door shut in an unseen place and just Put your mind and your life on pause to give the Creator room. I, I, I start looking at my calendar, looking for, other than first thing in the morning before my kids get up. I'm telling you, we don't do this. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. There it is again. I'll get there in a bit. And when you pray... Don't keep babbling like the pagans. Don't you think he'd say that straight to John Mitchell sometime? You've heard me pray up here. You've heard me talk up here. Stop it, John. Shut it. Do you need 50 minutes to preach a sermon about that? I mean, this hit me. Do, do, uh, what are we trying to do with God here? Are we trying to convince God about something? Are we trying to impress God with our words? He says, stop babbling like pagans. For they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Now, next slide, Tanya. Check this out. Prayer is not about getting what you want from God. It's not. Now, I know there's a question coming up in your head right now, and you would not ask it, so I'm going to ask it in a minute. Just hang on to it. Prayer is not about getting what you want from God. And you don't want a God like that anyway. <laughs> Do you really want a God who can be convinced by you to change his mind about something? You don't want that kind of God. In fact, that whole thought came from this point in history where God, their gods were a dime a dozen. There were gods everywhere. God hates this. Your God hates this. There are gods for rain, gods for the sea, gods for the earth, gods for the trees, gods for the whatever. And you had to do something to impress them in order to keep them happy so that if the fields are dry, impress the God of the rain and he'll rain on us. God hates this. But we do it too. If we, just, you know, if we just kind of impress God with our words or with our time or with something, if we gather enough people around, then that will impress Him. You know, here's the thing about God. He is not impressed. He can't be impressed. So Jesus continues. He says, don't be like them. Look at this. this is, your, your question's getting heavier now. I know it. Here it is. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask. Now, we're getting there, so hang on. If your prayers aren't about informing God, so you're not going like this to God. Hey, God, I don't know if you hear this. I don't know if you know this, but I, um, my car just broke down. It's like going to be $1,000 to fix it. And God's going, hang on, let me get a pen just a second, you know. Let me, let me write that down. I'm sorry, say that again. You said 1000 Is that like exactly 1000 or is it 1150 I mean, I, I need to know these things, you know. God, you're not informing God. Do you really think God doesn't know? Jesus says, when you're praying to God, he's looking down going, I, I know. In fact, I know to the exact cent with interest. I know more than you know. So you're not informing God about your life. And here's the other thing. You're not proving something to God. 
You're not proving that, that somehow God is the most important thing in your life because you have taken a little bit of time while you're brushing your teeth to pray to Him. You're not proving something to God. You're not going to convince God, well, you know, I was gonna, God, I, God has this big plan for the world and I was going to go this direction, but because He got up an extra 15 minutes, you know, I'm going to go this direction instead. You think that's God? No. You're not going to convince God, you're not going to prove something to God, and you're not going to inform God. So here's the big question that you're all asking, and I don't blame you. Then why pray? If God already knows what I need, if God already knows what's going to happen, if God already understands all these things, then what am I doing praying? If you're asking that question, even deep down inside, I didn't ask anybody to raise their hands because this is, I'm going to say something really harsh in a minute, okay? I am asking this question too, so that's how it is. But here's the thing, if you're asking that question in the deepest part of you, you're not praying right. That's all there is to it. According to Jesus, if your number one priority in prayer is to somehow bend God towards you, to somehow say, hey God, I, I know what you got going on over here and I know what my life's got. What I'm trying to do, God, is just to kind of go, hey, I'm here, if you could do this for me, and then God will finally go, you know what, maybe we'll just lean towards John because he's sure annoying me or he's sure convinced me or he's sure whatever. God, it's not going to happen. And it's not what prayer is. So you know the disciples are going, well, Jesus, if God already knows, then I'm just going to sleep in. I'll just kind of stop praying if God already knows. Here's, so here's what Jesus said here. Now, guys, 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 let me show you how to pray. Now, what you're about to hear, if you're Catholic or if you grew up Catholic, you, you're probably going to mouth this with me because this is something you hear all the time. Maybe this was a punishment for you. You had to memorize this at some point. But if you're, it, the Catholic Church loves this piece of Scripture and uses it a lot. Our churches, uh, uh, non-denominational churches use it a lot. We even sing it at weddings, and it's like, oh. You know, it's big, and, it's, and, and it is an amazing thing. But here's the thing. What Jesus is about to do is not about the words he uses. This, this prayer he's, about, he's praying right here, it's not about the words. This is a model for how he wants you to pray, okay? So if you're, if you're trying to get something from God today, um, or if you're, if you're kind of just, you heard something I said today, and it was the Haiti story, or it was me saying that if you're, if you're asking this question, maybe you're thinking wrong, I just want you to stop a minute and go, okay, today's the day that I can get a new understanding of what God wants when it comes to my prayer life. And here's what Jesus says to the disciples. He says, this then is how you should pray. And then he gives us this word, our Father who art in heaven. He's telling us how to address the creator of the universe. How do I, how do, what do we say to the creator of the universe? Now at this point in history, people were scared to death to call God anything. In fact, they often made up words to call God because they were afraid to use the name Yahweh or to use any name that would sound like God because they were afraid it would offend him. So Jesus comes and he says, you've been invited by the creator of the universe to call him Father. And you know what Father in this context, it means, it means nurturer, it means lover of you, and it means authority. It means your boss. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now that word we don't use, but you know what Pastor Jay used? Monster God. See, this is where it doesn't matter what word you use. But the way you just start a prayer is not, I want, I need, I, I gotta have, God, would you, God, I have to, would you, God, did you know, God, God, would you be impressed, God, can you kind of lean this way? It's God, you're just big. And you're in charge. And I'm not. I, I, I use this word, and this is just for me. So, so you've got to find something for you, between you and God, and how it hits you. But for me, the phrase, God, I'm breathing right now because you said yes. Like, 
I did that because God said it was okay. That's kind of like basis. Like I, if, I, if he doesn't say it's okay, I, nothing else matters, right? If you can somehow find a way to say to God, you're just bigger than all the things in my life. Not just my problems, but my car, my house, my job, my kids, my husband. It's, you're it. And if you can find a way to get there, that's what Jesus says. Hallowed be your name. And then he says this, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Now here's the thing, you have a kingdom. In your own mind, at least. You have a kingdom. The stuff around you, because here's what a kingdom is. It's one person that's in the middle and everything kind of points towards him. You have a kingdom, you, at least you think you do, and nobody calls you the king and you wish they would at times, but nobody thinks of you as the king of your kingdom or the queen of your kingdom. But in the long run, you kind of have this earthly thing that is the most important and you kind of feel like you're the center. And so if you've got a son or a daughter who's kind of going in the wrong direction, you begin to think that you're the smartest person in the family. And you begin to pray things like this to God. I've heard it, I've heard it, and I've prayed it. God, I, you know, you and I know what the right thing to do here is. Would you just convince her that she needs to, mm, because you and I know, because I'm the smartest one here, I'm the most religious one, I'm the most faithful, and you and I know what needs to happen here, God, so just do your thing. Huh. Wink, wink. And, and, and we start this whole thing with our kingdom and our idea and our will. But Jesus says, start by saying, your kingdom, come, your, earth be done, or your will be done on earth, in my kingdom, your will be done before my kingdom stuff. Your kingdom stuff before my kingdom stuff. Do you understand the implications of this? Now, isn't this different than saying, God, I got some bills that need to be paid? Isn't this different than going, man, my stomach hurts. John's stomach hurts. Would you fix it, God? Is this different? Now, look what happens next. Check this out. You need to hear this. Prayer for real, prayer for real, is first and foremost about surrendering your will to God and not imposing your will on God. It's not about you getting to God and going, hey God, now that I got your attention, I want you to sort of lean in my direction and give me a few things. That's, you've confused God with a magic genie at that point. Like you're going to get three wishes from God. It doesn't work. And I'm just telling you this today for your own good. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your time to start a conversation with God that sounds like, God, I want you to bend towards me. Whatever you got going on, God, I'm sure it's important. But what I got going on, I want you to move towards me. It doesn't make sense. It's not going to happen. So start by saying, God, whatever you got going on is most important. And whatever I got going on, if somehow I can be a part of that, if somehow my stomach ache aids that, then so be it. Then so be it. And you may say today, yeah, that's easy to say. Well, here's the thing. You don't know how long to pray, do you? You don't know how long you should pray. And I know that. Should you pray 10 minutes? Does it mean you're a better person if you pray 12? Does it mean you're closer to God if you pray 18? No, but here's the thing. You know what should determine how long you pray? How long it takes you to actually mean when you say to God, your will in this thing and not mine. That determines the length of your prayer. Most days, my prayer is like this. Hey, God, man, I, I, you're huge. You're big. Monster God. I still use that with God. Monster God. You're huge. And I'm not. And I don't. I take a breath because you let me. And God, your stuff before my stuff. And God, here's the thing, I'm fine with that today because I just got little things to bring to you and they don't really mean that much to me. But I've got to tell you, right now in my life, personally, 
You know how much I've struggled with my business and how much I've struggled financially. We had an opportunity this week that's going to be public here in the next couple of weeks that will change my life. Spirit, uh, will change my life financially. Will change my life in, I mean, in my mind in so many ways. Will take off some just incredible pressures in my life. And I, when I think about it, the first day I found out about the opportunity, I, I, I went to pray like I pray every day. And it was like that quick, hey God, not your will done, not my will, but your, oh, wait a minute, hang on. And wait a minute, this is going to be a long, I've got to cancel my 8 o'clock because this is going to be a prayer. Because God, I don't know if I can actually say it this time. I'm not sure if I can actually mean not, not my will, but yours be done. Because I know what I want so bad this time. So when your mom is sick and it's bad, it's really bad, your prayer time's longer because it's going to take longer for you to be able to say to God, not, not what I want, God, but if it's your will, then okay. That's what determines the length of your prayer. Not how bad you want something. Jesus says over and over again, surrendering your will is the point of prayer. See, here's the thing. Are you, you going to spend the rest of your life trying to get something from God? Trying to get God to do something for you? I'm just going to let you know right now, if you're kicking the tires and we talk about that, kind of trying to find out what church is and what God is and all this stuff, you're listening online, and what you feel like is, if I get with the church, I'll get to get what I want out of my life. You need to know. I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not the way it goes. It's not who God is. It's not what we're doing here. And, but there are preachers all over the world right now making millions of dollars. There are millionaire preachers all over the world right now. They're the richest ones. Saying, if you just have more faith, if you just pray this way, you're going to be able to and this is the, what I heard when I was growing up. Prayer moves the hand of God. You know what moves the hand of God according to Jesus? God. Now your prayers are about understanding who you are in the plan of God. Now we're going to get to a minute where God says you need to ask. And you, sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. And sometimes I kind of, things fit into my plan, but I don't give them to you because I want you to have that connection with me. But here's the thing. I'm not going to move my whole plan for eternity because you kind of convinced me to, and you don't want that anyway. So how, how do you pray for real? Give us today our daily bread, he says. Jesus starts by saying, thank God for your provisions. He says, thank God, and it's not about the provisions. The daily bread thing is a reference to the manna that the, the Israelites would have got many, many years before this. They were living in the desert, no food, nothing to eat, and they would wake up every morning and God had this like bread on the ground, and they would wake it up, wake up, and they would just eat it, and it was right there, and it was obviously from God. There was no other place it could be from, and some people started going, well, let's store this up, and let's they get up the next day and just be rotten because God said, no, I'm going to give it to you every day. You need to have faith and you need to know that I'm providing. And then because sometime later, Israel, you're going to be rich and you're going to have your pantries full of stuff. And I don't want you to forget that it was still me that gave it to you. And so what, one of the things that Jesus says is, and this is how it plays out in my life, I get up in the morning and I literally I go in to get my coffee and I, I look at the stuff that we have in our refrigerator. Some days it's more than others and some days it's like stuff that should be thrown away by now. And, and I think that's in there. Because God gave it to me. And there are people all over the world that don't have what I'm throwing away in my refrigerator. He says, start by saying, God, I have what I have because of you. And then say this, and forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. So the, the next step is this pardon thing. It's to say, God, please forgive me for those things that you and I both know. 
You and I both know where I'm at and what I've done and what I've said and the gossip and that. And I looked at that again and I did that again. And God, would, I, would, would you forgive me for that? But then look what Jesus says. See, here's the thing. You don't want to get up off of your knees until you have been forgiven by God. But what Jesus said is, don't get up off of your knees until you have forgiven those who have messed you over. Now, some of you just got real quiet because you've been holding something through prayer after prayer after prayer. You have got up off of your knees for 30 years, even though your sister-in-law you hate even though somebody close to you has done something for you, you are accepting the forgiveness from the Creator without giving it to somebody else. And Jesus says, stop playing games with God. That's the language he used over and over. Stop playing games with the Creator. It's dangerous. Don't ask for forgiveness and expect to stand up from your prayer life forgiven and then hold this stuff over the people who owe you. Provision, pardon, and then protection. He says, lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The context here is that when you pray, and this is directly for you today, when you pray, you intend from that moment in your prayer not to sin again. Those of you who have addictions, those of you who are dealing with these lifestyle sins, those of you who do, are doing things and are living in ways that you know aren't God's will for your life, you pray, and you ask forgiveness, and then you get to this point where you have got to be able to honestly say to God, I'm going to walk away from this building, and I'm not going to do that stuff anymore. But that's not the way we live our lives. Instead, we play a game with God, and we try to find a loophole. I'm going to go do it again this week, come back on Sunday morning, get forgiven for it all, and it's all over. And let me tell you, Jesus says it literally makes him want to puke. It literally is like drinking warm milk to God. He doesn't play games. So today, when you pray, at the end of our service, we're going to do this together. When you pray, don't even pray. If you aren't ready to say, whatever I have this week, I'm giving to you. Now, I'm not saying you're going to make it. But don't you leave here going, well, I'll, I'll just be back next week to ask forgiveness again. Jesus says, man, you just missed it. You totally missed it. Next slide. I'm moving. Prayer for real Here's the thing about prayer for real. We talk about prayer requests. We talk about um, answered prayers. In fact, I remember when I was a kid, I had this little sheet for prayer requests. And next to it, it had a box that said, um, a place where I could check off whether God has answered the prayer. And it just kind of shows this is the way we think about prayer. All right, God, here's my list, and here are the boxes. God's got three checks. Only seven more to go, God. Keep them coming. This is the way we think about prayer. This kind of prayer, this kind of prayer that we're talking about works 100% of the time. 100% of the time, and here's why. Because the purpose of prayer, the way God does it, or the way Jesus does it here, is to recalibrate your heart so that it's in sync with the Father. Instead of trying to recalibrate God's heart and His plan so it's in sync with you. And when you do it God's way, when you do it Jesus' way, you walk away 100% of the time. In fact, if you're not walking away, you're doing it wrong. If you're not walking away with better perspective on your life, you're doing it wrong. And I know that is harsh, and I know that's a big thing to say, and I know I'm going to get Facebook messages about this. But it is absolutely true. If you don't walk away from prayer with God with a different perspective on who you are, who He is, and how you fit into that, you're doing it wrong. 
The kind of prayer that works every time. This kind of prayer works every time. Not because it moves God, but because it moves you. You understand that? This kind of prayer works every time. Not because it moves God. Not because God somehow goes, wow, that was a really well-worded thing. How can I not? It's because it makes you go, oh, yeah, God, these are the things I want. These are the things I think I need. But after this session with God, why would I want it anyway if it's not first set with you? All right, so here's, you can take a picture of this or something. That's going to be on the website too. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do this week. If you're a believer, if you're, if you're digging in towards Jesus, and if anything hits you in this today, I'm going to ask you to pray like this this week. Just, just try this. Now, you can keep your car prayers and keep your shower prayers and those times. That, I'm not saying get rid of those. I'm saying find a place where you can get behind a closed door in a place where nobody sees and give all of your time to God at that moment, not being efficient, not doing it while you're doing something else, and say this, and I've made this as easy as I can. DSA, it starts for do not start asking, okay? DSA, declare God's greatness. This is monster God. This is God, you're bigger than everything in my life. And don't just say it, stop. If you've got a devotion or something that helps you remember how God is, if you can look at a picture, if you can look out the window and see a sunset, whatever it is to help you remember how big God is. Secondly, surrender your will. Literally be able to say, sometimes, sometimes it takes me 20, 30 minutes to get past this with God. God, I, with this thing, I'm going with my business right now. God, I want my thing. I want my thing. I have to sit there and be with God and, until I can actually say, no, wait a minute, I don't. I want your thing. And why would I even want my thing if it's not yours first? If I can't get there, then my prayer time gets long. Surrender your will. Third, ask for pr- 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 provision. I can't say that. Pardon and protection. And we can dig into those over the next few weeks. Ask for those three things. God, give me the things that I need. God, forgive me. And then God, help me do the right things with my life. Lead me away from these temptations in my life. Help me with these things. This is prayer. Now this is the time, in fact, Jesus would say later, hey, sometimes there are things in your life that God's just kind of going, you know what, this kind of stands outside my plan. This is a gift for you, and it won't take you down a road that isn't within my plan, but I'm going to kind of wait for you to ask because that's kind of good for you. So Jesus says, ask. Sometimes you don't have because you don't ask. So here's the reward. And I know I say this all the time, but I need to say it again, but the reward is peace. When you finish this kind of prayer, the reward is peace. So here's what I want you to do today. Van, you guys can come up. Commit to praying for real. What I'm hoping I do is when you bow your head at lunch today and you start that, thank you, Jesus, for this food, and your mouth's already watering, you know, and you're just trying to see how fast you can do it. Thank you, Jesus, for this food, amen. I I want you to stop for a minute and go, what am I doing? I mean, not, not that that's not an okay prayer, but just think. Uh, Am I praying for real, or is this just one of those things that comes out of my life? Stop trying to bend God to your kingdom. DSA, declare, surrender, and ask in your prayer. Stop playing games with God today. And then finally, and this is my big call to all of you, those of you who are Christians, if you're not a Christian, you're kind of looking in for a second on this, because you're kind of off the hook for this a second, but... If you're a Christian, if you have followed Jesus and you are a baptized believer in Jesus and you have the gift of eternity, you need to know this today. If you don't have the peace that passes understanding, 
you are missing it. It's not something that somebody else has and maybe you're just not gifted in that way. This is a promise for those who dive deep into this kind of a walk with God, this peace that passes understanding. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do, and this is why I'm doing this at Christmas. Between now and Christmas, you know, Christmas is Prince of Peace time, you know? It's peace on earth, goodwill towards men time. But I know you, and I know you, and I know you, and I see it every Christmas. There is no real peace in your life, and you claim Jesus, but you live like everybody else, and the lack of peace in your life is just the same as anyone else. It doesn't have to be. I believe, I believe this with all my heart, I wouldn't be preaching it if I didn't. I believe that the road to the peace that passes all understanding is this kind of a prayer life with God on a daily basis. It's not the SOS prayers. It's not the, oh my goodness, God, I need this, fix it. It's not the, Lord, please help me find my keys. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with that prayer. I don't know how that fits into God's plan, but I know that's not what Jesus had in mind at this moment. I, it's not the, God, I, 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 I'm just really, I, here, I'm going to roll the dice and I just want you to kind of push the dice in my favor. It's God, whatever you got, I want first. Whatever's going on in your world, in your kingdom, I want first. Show me how my stuff fits into that. And here's what I want, by the way. With that kind of perspective, I believe this could be the best holiday season you and your family have ever had. I believe that sincerely. It's up, it's up to you. Jesus says it's available. This kind of relationship with God is available. Would you start today? This stuff's going to be on the website. We're going to keep talking about it as we go. Send me Facebook messages. Give me at least 24 hours if you're really mad at me, okay? Because I, I need some time. But I'm, the questions are great. Let's keep them coming. I love you. And I can't imagine what it would look like if everyone in these pews got on their face in the morning and prayed like this. Not a list of things that they're going to have check marks next to as they see God check them off. But to say, God, really, honestly, bend my stuff towards you, not the opposite. I'll give you a chance to start that today just during this song. Say, God, and you know what's in my heart, you know what's in my life. I want to bend towards your kingdom. Would you say that to God today? I'll be back in that corner if you want to pray together. You can stand and pray. Sing with us.